come out of my mouth uh, first and then my mouth afterwards and again I don't know why it's doing that I'm just gonna check one more thing here um, I want to make sure yeah I started last week's program let me see if I take this out if this works a little bit better with my movement here no it's still I'm still, it's still lagging behind. So we'll see how it comes out once it's finished. I apologize if, uh, if, it's, if it's not showing correctly. <clears throat> but I rebooted and I cleared the memory. And uh, I don't know, the, the 16 gam, uh, uh, grams or millig- uh, megabytes of uh, RAM I have on this computer, and uh, I don't know uh, uh, if that's the problem, but anyway, 
I'm see that I'm slagging behind. When I'm viewing myself on the monitor, it's it's behind a couple of seconds. So we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. So by the way, I'm Chris Gajulo. I'm an associate broker for EXP Realty. And this is my podcast, uh, Real Estate with Mr. G.com. And uh, today is September 17th. It was a nice sunny day, uh, uh, very comfortable. Uh, hopefully, we're moving towards fall, but I think we're going to have a couple hot days this week. And then it's going to go back to the what's called the pumpkin spice coffee and latte weather. Okay. So I think it's going to be heading back to that. And um, just want to note, I'll be loading uh, my episodes also to Spotify. And you just have to go to uh, Real Estate with Mr. G podcast.com and you will get to all my podcasts. Okay. So you can listen to me while you're working out. Let me see if I made a caption or anything. Let me just put that since I brought that up. Let me just do that quickly since I just thought of that. Uh, and it, it would be everything that I do starts off with real estate uh, with Mr. G. Show that fast. Okay. And it's right there, real estate with Mr. G podcast.com. And you'll see a whole bunch of podcasts on there. Um, going back a, a year, I actually been doing this for about two years, but then I began realizing or, or Spotify allowed us to upload our videos to or, or the audio part uh, up to uh, or onto spotify so i've been doing that so you can work, listen to me while you're working out you're at the gym you're running you, you, you before you go to bed you listen to me you fall asleep but uh i'm i'm here to help okay and i'm here to help you find a home and i'm here to help you sell a home so a lot is going on this week. We have a lot to talk about. And uh, one thing that definitely happened this week is that, uh, and let me post it up here, that mortgage rates jumped above 6% for the first time since 2008. Okay, so that's going back. We're in 2022, that's going back four years. And if you see the graph in front of me, if it comes out nice and clear, I mean, we've seen uh, mortgage rates go up and down. Uh, you know, prior, oh, well, during the pandemic, it was down probably lowest to like 2.8%, 2.5%. And then it shot up a lot, a lot. And now on Thursday, it was 6.02%. And that's pretty high. And so what I'm seeing is articles came in, come out. I just got this yesterday from Housing Wire. This is a magazine that I subscribe to. 
uh, and there's also a lot of uh, online uh, articles. It's, it's basically an online service, and it's mostly geared for real estate agents and mortgage uh, brokers and, and mortgage bakers or mortgage loan offices, I should say. And um, but they're they're being uh, truly honest. The state of this savagely unhealthy housing market. And I just got to yesterday. I got a chance to read the main article, but I know what's going what's going to talk about. It's going to talk about the high mortgage rates, the high home prices, and the lack of inventory. It's a rough time. It's a rough time right now. And a lot of um, real estate firms, um, they would tell you, always be positive, always be positive, always be positive. Um, I'd like to be truthful. I'd like to say what's truly going on. If you have to buy a house, you have to buy a house. And there's ways to uh, work with these high rates. And we're going to talk about that today. Uh, but I, I just like, I don't want to sugarcoat everything or being polyander. Um, you know, it's always good to be positive, be positive, be positive. I like to, let me, let me hide this. I'm hiding my face right now. And, uh, let me go back to media and I'll just close this one down. Um, Yes, it's, it's always going to be positive, but I'd rather tell you what's going on and then strategize to work out that situation, all right? I'm not going to tell you it's a great time to buy because it really isn't a great time to buy right now uh, because of the high mortgage rates, uh, the uh, high price of homes, and the low inventory. So I would say, you know, if you, you know, could have some time before you move, it might be a good, good idea to wait. If you have to move, which sometimes you just have to do that, then we'll talk about strategies to, to deal with that situation. All right. As for listing, uh, you, it's still a seller's market. Okay. Now, um, there's been more, uh, I mean, it, it, let's put it this way, the bidding wars have eased. And, um, well, let's, that's today's article that we're talking about. So let me do my preview, and then we'll go into it. I've been talking, you know, this is my little time to uh, make a small chat. I call it the kibitzing. Uh, I, I'm not Jewish, but I went back in Brooklyn where I found I had a lot of Jewish friends, went to school with uh, a lot of Jewish friends, and uh, I picked up a lot of the uh, lingo. And just being in New York, you just pick, you, even if you don't have a lot of Jewish friends, just being from New York, you pick up a, a lot on this. And so kibitzing is when you just talk, and you're talking about really about nothing. It's just like, you know, shooting the breeze. But um, so I did enough of that. Let me get into the meat of the matter. Uh, and let me make sure I have the right one. I think this is the right one. It's, okay. Here we go.
okay, I got this help right away. I got my little bubble. Okay, I can move myself around. You can see me, but I don't take up the majority of the screen. So I think that's nice. So buyers are regaining some of their negotiation power in today's housing market. So this is good news for the buyers. Um, and it's it's the way of saying, well, all right, mortgage rates are high, you know, home prices are high, but, you know, you're getting some power back. And what exactly is that power? Okay. One of the things, well, it, it's selling, uh, signing off over here. It's still a seller's market. So um, the sellers still have the upper hand. Okay. But um, they are more, more yielding now. All right. So it's a seller's market. Um, it's more moderate uh, seller's market than last year. Um, and the days are feeling like you may need to waive contingencies or pay drastically over asking price to get your offer considered maybe coming to a close. So the bidding wars should have alleviated a bit. I don't want to say it's it's 100% gone, but uh, I, I it may just be still present for a house that's truly just turnkey ready, all right? And I bring up this term a lot in my podcast. So turnkey ready means you just have to turn the key, open the door, and bring your stuff in. You don't have to paint. You don't have to steam carpets. You don't have to make any type of minor repairs. And this one may have uh, bidding wars on it, or people might go a little bit higher than the asking price. But in general now, um, that's not so much present, all right? I don't hear from somebody who says, I don't know, I just did one that was the, we did 20,000 over the asking price. Some of that might still be out there, but the wave is kind of going down now where uh, there is less of these bidding wars and pricing uh, or putting in offers over and much over the asking price. And uh, and it says return of contingency. So people are now uh, are not waiving a, a home inspection, which is most important, okay? Now, if they're using bank money, they can't really waive the appraisal. But what they have done in the past, let's say a house is... Uh, contracted for 200000 and the house appraises at $195,000, 195000 uh, Last year, people were, were were guaranteeing that difference and, and still um, going through the contract at 200000 Now, of course, the bank is only going to finance 195000 so the buyer has to make up that difference, and they have to put down an extra $5,000 along with their um, down payment for, the, for the, the mortgage that they're using. So um, this has, uh, has stopped to a great degree. Um, now, again, if you're buying a house for cash, if you happen to have $200,000, you do not have to get an appraisal. 
because you're not using big money, but you might want to still have an appraisal and seeing if it's really worth what you're paying for. And again, um, a lot of people who were paying cash uh, a year ago could completely not do the appraisal. And the same thing with the home inspection. Um, uh, at the very beginning of the, let's say, at the height of the, of the pandemic, people were actually foregoing the home inspection saying, you know, we'll just go by the appraisal. Um, we'll deal with the appraisal when it comes, but I'm not going to check out the house first uh, to see if there's anything that needs to be repaired. Um, we'll just, we'll just move it along. So, you know, that that contingency, that home inspection contingency is off. Okay. So if you have a ratified contract and there's no other conditions on it, you're just handing then the closing. Uh, you have to do all the necessary paperwork for the mortgage company, all right? But there's nothing else holding back a contract to go to closing unless at the very end you are no longer eligible financially for the house. So you right before closing you bought a $30,000 car and that uh, car loan knocked you out, uh, put on too much debt and then knocked you out to be eligible for that, uh, uh, for that house. And then people began with the doing the inspection, but just for, for informational purposes, meaning that I want to know what's wrong with the house. And then if it's really, really bad, and I don't have the money to fix it, and you don't want to fix it, I'm just going to walk away, all right? But if there's just minor things with it, I could take care of it as long as the appraiser doesn't question it, okay? Uh, I'm fine with it. I'll make those repairs. Now, if the appraiser goes in and says, well, this has to repair, let's say you, you're using a VA loan and there's a, a cracked window, all right, they won't approve it uh, until that window's repaired. Okay, so that has to be done. Now, uh, depending on what type of loan you're using, you might be able to do it, get it fixed, or you work out something where you, re you know, they might have reimbursed the the seller for the repairs of that. Hopefully, all of that is gone because I don't. Think that was right, and and just since I mentioned that. You know, I know a lot of sellers made a killing um, in that market because, you know, some people bid uh, 20000 over the price in your uh, areas where real estate is much more expensive and in the areas where your uh, medium income is much higher than Hampton Roads. So I'm talking about New York and San Francisco and San Diego, and uh, I guess I, I guess I can include Miami, where people you know put you know like a hundred thousand dollars more over the over the price, um, and the only ones who really benefited from that, well, it would have been the seller and then the listing agent who represented the seller. But, but what happens once that? deal closes right 
and let's say it went 100,000 over, well, that becomes now a comp. So the next guy or lady who puts their house in the market, they say, well, they got 300,000 for 200,000 house. I could put my house on the market for much, much more than, let's say, 200,000. Maybe I won't go as high as 300,000. And it's never a good thing for people to pay much more uh, than the value of, uh, of, the, of an item. That, I mean, here we have appraisers going out there. It's, it's, it, it, it benefits people momentarily, and you get a, a quick reward. But what happens, that becomes comps, and then uh, it inflates the market. And what we have now is inflation. And we have inflation in the housing market because uh, I believe some people, I'm, I know I'm going to get slack for this or hack for it, but some people just got too greedy. You know, and it's, it's nice to get a little bit more for your house than what it's worth buying an appraiser. But when it comes to tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, in the long run, it's going to hurt a lot of people afterwards. And that's what we have now. I mean, I, I said that like a year ago, and we see it happening now. We have a savagely, what did that uh, magazine cover say? Let me get back that up here. Because I really feel like, I, I, you know, my, my insight is so sharp, you know, or my foresight. The state of the savagely unhealthy housing market, okay? not just a bad housing market, savagely unhealthy housing market. And a lot of this is because that homes were sold much higher than the appraised value. Now, I even threw in an idea that maybe the, the government should regulate the real estate industry the same way they regulated the securities industry uh, in 1933 after the crash of the market because they said we have to put some control on it. So <clears throat> a major crash like this won't happen again. So... Um, Let me see. Sorry, I got a a text from the uh, priest from our church. <laughs> Had to take it. I'm sorry, uh, uh, but I'm back. Um, so, uh, like I was saying I, in, in my earlier podcast, and I and I've been saying it for for about a, a year. It, it, it is. Uh, uh, no good from in the long run with with, with uh, people purchasing items that are priced too high, uh, especially when it comes uh, to the housing industry. Um, and uh, so I, w I was talking about before I, I, I had a pause about how the uh, the Securities Exchange Commission came into being. It came in after the crash of 1929, and they put 
controls on it. So a crash as magnificent as that was, and when I say magnificent, I, I mean in a negative way. That was so big that it wouldn't happen again. And, um, and I think in some ways, um, and I know some people don't like the government getting uh, into too much control or, or into uh, too many businesses. But um, when you come to the housing industry, you're really talking about people's lives, right? And, um, I, I'm getting calls from people, not so much for housing, but for rentals. Like they can't afford the increase in the rents of the of their apartment or their house they're renting, and they are being uh, asked to leave. And this this hardly anything out there when it comes to the rental market. Forget about the the sales market, the rental market. Forget about it. And so you're dealing with uh, people's lives here and people's lives who may also have children. And, um, you know, being a, uh, an investor and making uh, a decent money and, and buying homes or having a, uh, a development and renting out apartments, that's great. But, um, you're still dealing with people's lives, and uh, it's. I'm not saying that people shouldn't make a great profit, but when it gets out of hand, and um, not only people's lives are in shambles, but the the whole industry, the, the whole economy. Uh, I think there needs to be some sort of control over that, and people don't like that word control, but sometimes. The government has to stop in. Uh, you know, people say the, the purpose of government is to protect us. And usually they, when they mean that, they're by, by having the military and the war, you know, like, in case we go into war. But um, there is other ways of being protected as well and being protected in, uh, uh, in the housing industry and uh, with, with dealing with medicine, with the... Uh, a hospital cost and uh, education and uh, what was the other thing I was thinking about? <laughs> Housing, medical, you know, that's all important. Okay, even even when it comes to uh, the minimum wage, which, by the way, uh, I'm really going off topic here. Um, the minimum wage uh, situation kind of worked itself out because a lot of people who are against raising the minimum wage and they said, well, let the market determine how much people should get paid. You know, let's see, let that work it out. We shouldn't have a minimum wage. Well, guess what it happened? Because people during the pandemic said, hey, not worth getting paid seven fifty an hour or whatever it is. And the chances of getting uh, a disease and being sick and, you know, being out there with the public and, and, and people uh, are dying left and right. Remember the the makeshift uh, morgues in the streets of New York City, in the streets of Rome? Okay, that was some serious stuff. And people said, no, you got to pay me a lot more than that uh, than to, to go out there and work. And I want to tell you, I mean, um, you may not have to have a degree to work at uh, – 
the uh, hospitality industry. When I when I say that, when you when I'm talking about foods, about food services, restaurants, uh, but you're out there and you're working hard, no matter what. You're on your feet. It's a lot of work, and um, I just got another message. Sorry, there's a situation going on. Uh, so, um, so a lot of people said, "No, you got. You know, I, I need to be paid a lot more." And then there was a bidding war for employees in the fast food industry and the hospitality industry, where they were offering them then fifteen dollars an hour and uh, uh, sign-on pay, bonus pay. Uh, you know, vacation time, whatever. And then I guess they were right. The market dictated it. And now people will say, I'm not going to go back to 750. That's ridiculous. And I would, I always thought that 750 in the year, uh, well, let's go back two years to 2020, uh, 2021, because after that point it began to change. I always thought that was ridiculous. Um, to pay that little with the way inflation was. And people say, yeah, but you know, uh, the price is going to go up. Yeah. Things go up, right? To go out, whatever. Hopefully our salaries go up along with that. But it's just the way it is. People have to survive. No one should have to work two or three jobs just to make ends meet. All right. So I probably pissed off a lot of uh, perhaps Republicans listening to me. Uh, but uh, that's the way I feel. And uh, again, uh, I'm glad that people are getting paid more in these different industries. Okay. All right. Okay. So um, I think I covered everything in here. Oh, and the other thing, sellers are willing to help with closing costs, and generally closing costs range from 2 to 5%. Uh, the more expensive the home, closing costs probably be around 3%. But when the price of the home is lower, uh, uh, we usually have to ask from 4 to 5% for closing costs from the seller to cover everything. But now the are more receptive to that, okay? Which is good because now, uh, excuse me, you could very possibly get your closing court uh, paid for. So what they're saying here, a recent article showed that 30% of sellers paid some or all of their buyer's closing costs, okay? And that was a recent article, so that's a good thing. So things are changing. So that's one way you could combat with um, today's uh, higher mortgage rates and home prices. I mean, this is something I shouldn't say com combat, but something that's in the pocket of the of the buyer. Now, I forget if uh, my video here. Let's see. Let me let me close some stuff out here. And. 
Okay, and let me make myself nice and big. So I do have a video today. I think the video is on how your home sale affects the economy. So let me play that because I did talk a little bit about that and dealing with with comps. So let's see that one. Actually, dealing more with um, you know when you buy a new house, you're usually uh, getting some work done on it. So um, either if you're doing uh, upgrades, you know you're upgrading a bathroom or a kitchen, and that may cost maybe twenty thousand dollars up to. In the example, they get fifty-five thousand. So that's the way it goes back. And then actually, when you buy a newly constructed home, because of all the materials that went in there and the labor. Um, that helps the economy as well. Um, here it talks about going for um, why it's important to get a mortgage pre-approval. Okay. And this is factors that may impact pre-approval. Well, of course, your income. Okay. No, I moved that. Okay. Your income. Okay. I don't want to mess this up. Your, your, how much debt you have, your assets, uh, your credit history, and employment. And um, I know uh, employment goes along with income, but they want to make sure that, you know, for instance, you know, uh, you're applying for uh, a loan uh, you, uh, and you have a house and then it's been uh, with the contract, it's ratified. Uh, what you don't want to do is change jobs at that point. If you think about, you know, changing jobs, wait till after it closes. If you get fired, you get fired. That's something else. Uh, if you get, uh, if you lose your job, um, you may then towards the end, you may not be uh, fully approved for the loan and you won't be able to close. And that's all I want to say about that. Okay. You know, actually, you know, um, we could uh, have a podcast on how to deal with the uh, increasing mortgage rates. And um, I don't know if I had something on my blog this week on dealing with that, but I might just do that. Uh, um, I usually pick an article that was posted on my blog site to uh, go into more detail with the podcast. But um, I think it, uh, I think a good idea is, is to talk about how to uh, deal with the increasing mortgage rates. Okay? And it's something I think I talked about it last week. I mean, 
if the economy stays strong, if it keeps on going, um, home prices will still go up. It's not going to go up as it did in 2020, 2021, 19%. But it'll go up a little bit higher. And you have to take into account, even if in 2023 mortgage rates come down a little bit, you'll be dealing with more expensive home prices in that time period. So it kind of like uh, evens out. So you might say, hey, I'll wait next year. I heard that mortgage rates might go down. But most likely, uh, home prices will be up as well. Okay. So actually, my um, producer, William Burgess, is back from vacation. I think he has somebody in the audience that he wants to, uh, some performer. But uh, are you back now? Did you have a good vacation, uh, William? Yes, Chris. I did enjoy my vacation. Thank you for asking. In the audience, we have two famous entertainers, Vladimir and Sasha Schwenkel. They are bicyclists who perform many dazzling and dangerous feats by riding their bikes. Retired from the Russian circus, they now perform for backyard birthday parties and bar mitzvahs. Ladies and gentlemen, the Schwenkels. That was magnificent. So uh, thank you to Schwenkos for being in the audience. And that's it for today's show. Um, hope you learned something from it. Okay. And uh, in the meantime, I heard there's a new uh, vaccine coming out. Uh, once I know where it's going to be, I'm going to go for it. Knock on wood. I have not ever gotten COVID, or at least I have not been aware if I got COVID. Uh, I didn't have any symptoms of COVID. And uh, one of the things is, uh, I believe, is that I've gotten the two vaccinations and I got the two boosters. Um, and I believe there's another booster coming out, so I'll do it. It's been, it's been working well for me. Knock on wood, all right? So in the meantime, be kind to each other. And remember, the greatest power we have is the love and the greatest gift, each other. Okay? I'll see you next week.